Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zachar Ness, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that this spring will offer volunteer vacations designed for visitors to spend a day doing a stewardship project and another heading out on the wild Tillamook coast for an adventure. It's free and a way to have fun and give back, and we'll have more details on the experience just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department invites Oregonians to explore parks during winter and spring to experience the beauty of these seasons. If you're camping, remember to buy firewood from the park or nearby communities to avoid bringing invasive species such as the devastating emerald ash borer into parks. Learn more about protecting Oregon's ash trees at stateparks.oregon.gov. All right, in today's episode, we're heading to some of Oregon's most beautiful old-growth forests and the easy, medium, and difficult ways to explore it. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. in today's episode we are headed to a very special area and that is the salmon river hiking trails just outside welch's between portland and mount hood now the reason i traveled there recently is that i really enjoy the feeling of hiking in that old growth temperate rainforest during winter and early spring and this is just a great place to make that happen with snow covering a lot of oregon's trails right now there aren't a ton of great places to hike which makes these low elevation ancient forests just a wonderful place to be. You've got skyscraper trees draped in moss and that fresh, wet, earthy smell that is so great for knocking the cobwebs out of your brain during this time when, frankly, I mean, winter has overstayed its welcome but shows absolutely no signs of departing. The Salmon River has some of the best old growth in the Portland area and the entire state. And the handy thing is that the hikes and adventures are split pretty nicely into easy, medium, and challenging options. And each one is worth exploring for a different reason. But before we get into the specifics of each option, which we'll break down in this podcast, let's zoom out just a little and talk about where we're headed. So the Salmon River is a pretty short tributary of the Sandy River, which then flows into the Columbia and this area I'm talking about is about an hour east of Portland on Highway 26, again, near the town of Welch's. Now, from that highway area, we're just heading upstream into the Salmon Huckleberry Wilderness. So that's the general area that we're talking about. And we are going to center on the lower elevation areas because, again, most of the high elevations still have quite a lot of snow. So the easiest place that I'm going to talk about is the Wildwood Recreation Site which is ideal for kids and older adults. It also has a lot of artwork, educational displays, and the big highlight is actually an underwater viewing chamber of a natural creek with fish in it. So there's a lot to like at Wildwood. From there, 
we'll head upstream to the old Salmon River Trail, which has the biggest trees and sandy beaches along the river. We'll also get into why it's called the Old Salmon River Trail. And then finally, we'll head up the normal Salmon River Trail and into the wilderness area. We'll talk about an abandoned fire lookout and about some waterfalls that seem invisible unless you are traveling by whitewater kayak and have some expert level ability. All right, well, the first place on our tour and the easiest one by far is the Wildwood Recreation Site. Now, this is the kind of place where you'd want to bring a classroom full of kids or maybe your older parents. It has two easy and flat trails packed with educational displays and elegant artwork adorning the trails. There are statues of leaping salmon, stories about indigenous cultures, and a really fun chart detailing what time of year the different species of salmon and steelhead spawn here, like when you can come here and actually see them spawning in the Salmon River. This isn't a place to see the biggest trees that we're going to cover, but it's still very much worth visiting for all the cool stuff you can find there. It's funny, the name Wildwood always brings to mind the Wind in the Willows, the classic children's book, where the Wildwood is kind of this rough and tumble part of town full of these stoats and weasels who are up to no good, but they're also home to the noble Mr. Badger. Now, when I visited, there was no sign of Mr. Badger. However, there were warning signs about Mr. or Miss Cougar in the area, so keep your head on a swivel when you're out there. In fact, I should mention that there were multiple warning signs about cougars in the Salmon River area. That's no reason to be concerned. There's been hardly any attacks by cougars on people. In fact, I can only think of a few cases that have occurred over multiple decades, but still worth keeping in mind doing a little bit of research about what to do if you do encounter a cougar. But let's touch on the hikes a little bit. There are two main pathways, and the first one we'll talk about is the Cascade Streamwatch Trail which, true to its name, has both views of the river and an underwater viewing area. The trail is paved in just three quarters of a mile total, and there's definitely no chance you're going to get lost because there are a lot of signs, and they will eventually lead you to this concrete structure where you kind of follow the trail underground, underground, and into this room with plexiglass windows looking out onto the bottom of one of the tributaries. It's called the underwater viewing chamber, and you're actually looking into the bottom of Cascade Creek where salmon and steelhead do come to spawn. Now, I was here in the dead of winter. I didn't see any fish, but apparently you do see them sometimes. So that's a really cool spot stop for kids because, you know, it's one thing to just be looking at the top of the river and the creeks all the time, but to really see what's below the surface, to see the gravel and the wood all in there, it's, it's a pretty cool experience. And so I would have to, I'd definitely recommend it if only for that reason. But the second walk here is also very cool, and it takes you out onto the One Mile Wetland Trail. And that heads out onto a boardwalk in this large mountain marsh. The boardwalk brings you to all these different habitat types within the wetland, including a, a cattail marsh, a beaver dam, a ghost forest, skunk cabbage corner, and a wetland stream. And at each stop, you can read from the diary of a, of a field naturalist with observations on what's going on in each spot. And it's pretty fun. I think my favorite place was the ghost forest where you had dead trees preserved in the marsh. 
And that was probably the most interesting place to stop ecologically. Finally, there is a much tougher trail that you can take here, and it is called the Boulder Ridge Trail. It climbs 3,000 feet up to a fantastic view of Mount Hood. If you want to try and climb it, the time of year I would do that is probably late spring, early summer, since right now in the winter you're going to run into a lot of snow. But keep that one in mind because that would be a nice early season mountain climb. Uh, the top elevation on Boulder Ridge is 4,300 feet. So, you know, just think about that in terms of when, when the snow is starting to melt off, when you can kind of actually get up there. All right, up next, we're going to head upstream into the East Salmon River Road corridor right off Highway 26. It's a pretty short canyon road that packs a lot into just one place. It's got both the old Salmon River Trail and the Salmon River Trail into the wilderness area. It also has trails that connect to higher elevations on Hunchback Mountains trail system and then up to Devil's Peak Lookout, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. As for camping, the Green Canyon Campground is a first-come, first-served campground just up the road here. And those campsites go pretty fast since Portland is nearby and during the summer, you know, you can camp there and, you know, swim around in the cool mountain waters, hike to the little beaches along the trail. It's a pretty pleasant little campground, but it does get very popular. There is a ban on dispersed camping in the area, and you'll notice that by all the little signs with, you know, tents with a air, you know, with a slash through it. You can backpack into the wilderness area, but you got to hike a few miles up there. So that's on the Salmon River Trail. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. If you want to spend a night or two in this area in the winter or early spring, there are private campgrounds, there's cabins, there's lodges all over the place in this area. And it would be fun to spend a couple days out here exploring the whole area because there is a ton. The area does get crowded, even on nice weekends in the dead of winter. But summer is definitely when the crowds are thickest, so that's why I like exploring this area in the off-season. All right, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. But when we return, we'll talk about the best old growth hike, backpacking into the wilderness, some hidden waterfalls, and an abandoned fire lookout. So that's when we return. I'm Sarah Melton with the American Forest Resource Council. I love the outdoors and exploring the forests near my hometown. My job is to protect our forests and wildlife. I work to defend forest management projects in the courtroom and to support the workers and agencies who steward our forests and public lands. Good forest management based on the best science keeps our forests healthy, improves wildlife habitat, keeps our air and water clean, and gives us the sustainable timber we need for renewable and climate-friendly wood products. AFRC is proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. Learn more about us at amforest.org. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. Beginning in the spring of 2023, the Tillamook Coast Visitors Association is excited to announce a volunteer vacation program that will bring groups from inside or outside Tillamook County 
to lend a hand in stewardship programs while also having a good time. One example of an itinerary would be spending one day clearing invasive brush or working on a hiking trail, while the next day could include a guided hike or kayak trip. The type of activity that highlights the Tillamook area and shows why doing stewardship projects is so important. All meals and transportation are included for the groups that take part, which will ideally be between 8 and 12 people. The experience is free for those who take part. The program is designed to offer participants the opportunity to give back to our popular area, while also learning the vital role stewardship plays in preserving our natural places. The program website will launch in March, so stay tuned for that. But if you want more information or to sign up early, contact Dan Hag, and you can reach him at dan at tillamacoast, all one word, dot com. All right, welcome back. Okay, so as a reminder, we're now in the Salmon River Corridor, and the first hike here is the Old Salmon River Trail. Now, don't worry, we're going to get to the reason it's got that old name attached to it shortly. So this was my favorite hike along the Salmon River, and it's a pretty beloved pathway for a generation of Portlanders. It's just about perfect for kids. The path is flat. It's about five miles out and back, or you could set up a 2.5-mile one-way shuttle. It follows the beautiful mossy river with side trails to the sandy beaches. There's elegant footbridges that cross tumbling side creeks and small waterfalls. But really, all that aside, on this pathway, it's all about the size of the trees. They are giants. The Douglas firs are uniformly massive and just about everywhere you look. But the highlight is about a half mile in when you come to one of the most impressive western red cedars I have ever seen. It really looks like a redwood from the bottom. It's just a, such a massive base. Like you'd, you'd need multiple people to hold hands to get, your, to get all the way around it. Um, I would have to guess it's at least 500 years old, maybe even older. It does look like the top is cracked off a little bit, but it's still a very healthy, just monstrous looking tree. The only downside is that the trail does follow the road. And it even joins the road in places. So, you know, you hike up, follow the road, then dive back into the forest. And there are multiple trailheads. So it's pretty easy to start and stop as you want. Again, great for kids. Eventually, the trail heads through Green Canyon Campground. Like the trail goes right through the campground and then heads up onto the road, almost right next to the trailhead for the Salmon River Trail that goes into the wilderness area. You could just keep going if you want to but they are kind of considered two distinctly different trails. Which brings us to that curiosity about why it's called the Old Salmon River Trail, and the other one is just called the Salmon River Trail. The answer is actually harder to figure out than you'd expect. Even the folks I asked at Mount Hood National Forest, which manages the trail, weren't sure about the answer there. Luckily, we've got my old pal Tom Kloster, who's a real Oregon historian and outdoor writer. And he he covered, he looks at a lot of the deep history involving Oregon's wild places. And he you can find his work on Oregon hikers or in a lot of different places. So he did some research into this. And here's what he found out. So for a long time, long time ago, back into the 1800s, there was a one continuous trail from Welch's up into the canyons of the upper Salmon River. There was no roads at that point, so that pathway was the only way to get there. 
However, after World War II, big parts of the trail were abandoned during the timber boom when the East Salmon Road was punched in. At that point, the trail and trees just seemed to have been forgotten about. Like the trees weren't logged, which is kind of shocking, and the trail just totally disappeared from maps. It's funny, if you look at a map from the 1960s, you know, one of the old Forest Service maps, the trail just isn't there along this section. It just disappears. Other parts of the trail are there, but this one just disappears. It doesn't appear in hiking guidebooks during the time, and it's, it's just like it was forgotten about. But then in the 1970s and by 1979, the trail reappeared on maps and pops up in hiking guidebooks and is now described as the old Salmon River Trail. So what happened here? Kloster noted that there was a legendary Forest Service ranger named Howard Ronthaler who really loved trails in this area and brought a lot of them back from the brink, like ones that were in the process of being overgrown or not taken care of. You know, he made sure that they survived. So Kloster guessed it was him who restored the old section of the Salmon River Trail and got it back on the map. However it happens, we're fortunate to have it because it really is a gem. All right, so let's continue upstream and head into the Salmon Huckleberry Wilderness. Now we'll be following the normal Salmon River Trail. It's the same pathway, but this one was never abandoned. I know it can seem kind of odd, but I sort of like that the two Salmon River Trails are distinguished because they really do have a different feel and offer a different experience. So on this pathway, the trees are still giant, but you're kind of hiking upstream. The canyon's getting narrower and feels more isolated, and you're eventually starting to climb into the canyon lands. Now, there's kind of two ways to do this trek. One is that you could do some pretty fun winter or early season backpacking up there. It's one of the few backpackable trails that's generally open all season, although you never know where the snow is going to fall. The Forest Service notes that there are several established campsites along the way, and it's pretty easy to spot them when you're out there hiking it. About two miles in, there are a bunch of sites at Rolling Riffle Campground. It's not an official campground, it's just a bunch of sites along the river. If you wanted, you could backpack the entire trail one way on a route that totals 14.4 miles. The upper end of the trail is above 3,000 feet, however, so you'd have to wait until at least the late spring to reach that upper trailhead. Most people do just do a day hike here, though, and that's probably your best option, especially in the winter and early spring. You know, you hike through the old growth and then climb up to a big viewpoint of the Salmon River Canyon. And, you know, that trek is about seven miles out and back, give or take. The viewpoint looks out on a pretty vast and remote landscape. And this might be hard to believe. But again, according to Kloster, our historian of this area, this was once the site of a planned road that would have connected the Salmon River Road all the way back to Highway 26. That wasn't allowed to go forward with the establishment in 1984 of the Salmon Huckleberry Wilderness. Okay, so just a few other fun things about this area. You may have noticed that I didn't mention the waterfalls that you can hear but not really see from the hiking trails. They include the aptly named Vanishing Falls, Frustration Falls, and Final Falls. Uh, there's apparently a slippery but very dangerous side trail where you can get some views of them but it's not a great situation and it's not recommended so 
you know, I, I, I can't say that you should necessarily do that. A better way to see these waterfalls is from an episode of Oregon Field Guide called Waterfall Kayaking. It's about the expert kayakers who actually carry their boats up this trail, go all the way upstream, and then run this really wild, very challenging remote canyon lands and get to access these views of these waterfalls that few other people ever get to see. And they get to see them because they are kayaking off the waterfalls. So here's just a little bit of audio from that episode from Oregon Field Guide. It's been called the Mount Everest of Oregon kayaking. You know, rightfully so. It's it's locked down in a deep canyon. It's really hard to access. And, you know, you have to be prepared when you come into a place like this. Today we're going to hike up about five miles and drop into Sam River Canyon. We have to get our boats up there. We have to drop in. We have to portage a bunch. That's part of what makes it enjoyable, frankly. You can't run this river without putting in work. You gotta pay to play. Fortunately for these avid hikers, the only way to return to civilization is down the river. The expedition style of the run is something that's fun for me. You're pushing yourself close to exhaustion. It's a very rigorous hike, and you got to be in good shape just to do it. It's the inaccessibility of the canyon itself, you know, part of its beauty is that people can't get in there. All right, last but not least, I'm going to include this audio from a previous episode about Devil's Peak Lookouts, and that's an abandoned lookout that our 2021 intern Eddie Binford Ross traveled to and spent the night at. Uh, the Devil's Peak Lookout is right above the Salmon River Canyon, and you can reach it from the Salmon River Trail, but there's a couple of different ways to get up there. It's pretty high elevation, so again, that's going to be one that uh, you know you do when the snow melts out, but it's a very cool spot. And anyway, I'll let her pick it up and kind of tell you about it. My second pick is a hike up to the abandoned Devil's Peak Fire Lookout in the Mount Hood National Forest. This lookout was decommissioned more than 25 years ago, and finding one like this is actually very unique because many decommissioned lookouts were completely taken apart or even burned by the Forest Service in the late 1900s in attempts to mitigate any safety issues. Devil's Peak offers a stunning view of Mount Hood framed by trees, as well as panoramas of the surrounding forest. The building itself is in remarkable shape, with the lookout really standing as a testament to the dedication of volunteers who stock and clean it. You'll find that inside there is a stove, there are chairs, tables, games, and sometimes even food. There are also beds, however it is important to note that the Forest Service has prohibited overnight stays in the lookout itself. So, if you do want to spend the night, you can set up camp on the peak, which I recommend only if the weather is good, uh, or in the woods, which will provide a little more shelter. The main way up to the lookout is the Cool Creek Trail, which is definitely a good workout. The trail is a little more than four miles each way, but the elevation gain is what gets you because it just keeps climbing. (laughs) But the lookout is well worth it. In the winter and spring, snow covers parts of the trail, so be sure to bring snowshoes or at least micro spikes. 
The road to the trailhead can also be snowy, and it is not plowed by the county, according to the local ranger station. Part of the road is maintained by residents, uh, but I definitely recommend calling the zigzag ranger station ahead of time to check conditions, and also be prepared to walk along the roadway a little ways. Uh, The trailhead itself is very close to some of the main winter attractions of Mount Hood, including Timberline, Government Camp, and Mount Hood Meadows if you want to extend your trip a little more as well. Okay, well that's all I've got for the Salmon River Trails. It really is a magic place with a ton of different options and plenty of places that I didn't get to talk about to explore but I was really wanting to focus on getting out to that forest, that old ancient forest in the dead of winter or early spring. So if you're headed out, do your homework and have fun exploring one of Oregon's best old growth temperate rainforests. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforests.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.